Hi guys, and welcome to the next episode of Bitch Work Podcast. I'm so excited for our guest this week, who is my cousin, Samantha Resnick. Hi! Hi, Jord. Welcome to the podcast. I'm so honored to be here. I'm so excited to have you here. Sammy is an audience development specialist at TED Conferences, which is who put on TED Talks, right? Yeah, exactly. Okay. Let's just jump right into it. I truthfully have no idea what that means or what that job entails, so I'm super excited to learn about it. Yeah. Um, first, can you just like tell us a little bit about TED, what the brand does, what the company does, like beyond TED Talks? I know a lot of people are yes. familiar with TED Talks, but like, what is TED? Yeah, it's actually funny um, because I'll say, oh, I work at TED, and people are like, who is TED? What's he like? And I'm like, <laughs> no, it's... <laughs> but. Even people who work for TED sometimes don't know what it stands for. So basically, it's technology, entertainment, and design. What it started really as conferences and okay. then um, videotaping the talks and right. putting them online for free for anyone in the world to watch. I've watched my fair share of TED Talks. I mean, yeah. anytime I'm feeling down, I just feel like that's what you have to watch. People, that's, I hear that a lot. People are like, what do I do if I don't know what to do with my life? Which one should I watch? So... It's definitely a place where a lot of people go when they need help, like self-care, personal growth, career development, stuff like that. So it's actually pretty relevant to your podcast. Um, So what do they do beyond like the TED Talks? Yeah, so there's a lot. There's TED Ed, which is animated lessons um, aimed at a younger audience, but really anyone could watch them. They're really interesting, like little animated videos. Our mission is spreading ideas far and wide. So we have conferences um, and there's TEDx, which is different, which a lot of people don't know, than TED conferences. So TEDx are independently organized TED events. So anyone really could apply for a license and put on an event. So there's like TEDx Philadelphia, TEDx St. Louis, like all over the world all Mm -hmm. the time. So now I'd love to learn a little bit more about what you specifically do at TED and what it means to be an audience development specialist and what that entails and kind of what like a day in your life looks like. So let's just start off with like your job description. My, the goal of my job is to engage with our audience and mostly the digital audience. So anyone who comes across a TED talk online is our digital audience. Got it. And my job is to get people who aren't already watching talks, to be interested in talks, to think about ways that we can reframe talks or repurpose them so that if you're not, if you're in a rush and you don't have time to watch 18 minutes or 12 minutes, that you can watch some sort of like cut version or edited version. Like how can we make TED Talks relevant to any like all of the people who are our online audience got it okay cool um so I guess what that means in practice is one part of my job is which I started recently doing um is like producing a social video so for instance um someone a TED speaker might come out with a new book and then we'll say oh this book is so interesting and I think it would really I think it would really interest our online audience. Let's like figure out a cool way to like repackage this and share it with people online. And then if they are super fascinated by it and want to learn more, they'll 
ideally end up going to that talk, that speaker's talk and watching the talk. And that's the goal at the end of the day is like, how can we get more eyes on our talks? Mm -hmm. And how can we, how can we impact people's lives by getting them to watch something that changes the way they think about the world or changes the way they think about relationships? So it's really just like engaging with the audience. Yeah. Cool. Okay, so then what does your day-to-day look like? We try and think about what is the world, what is the internet feeling and thinking about, and how can we capitalize on that? Or not capitalize, but how can we respond to what people are feeling and thinking about and offer a new perspective or add to the conversation, something like that. Mm -hmm. So, for instance, we'll meet as a team and we'll say, okay, um, October's anti-bullying month. We have so many TED speakers who talk about bullying and how to counteract bullying and ways that we can speak to our kids to make sure that bullying doesn't happen. Mm-hmm. What can we do with our content um, to speak to all the people out there who want to take action on bullying or learn more about bullying and how they can stop it? Yeah. Um, so we're kind of we're like, okay, what we brainstorm, we pitch different ideas like, oh, why don't we do an Instagram story of all the TED speakers who've talked about bullying with the main actionable items. So that's like, that's one little part of the Got job. It. So it's like really just driving an audience to already existing TED Talks. Yes. Making those TED Talks relevant again. Definitely like an aspect of TED that I feel like people wouldn't normally think of when they think of that brand or like that company of like what what a job like that could be. So I think that's super educational and good to know for a lot of the listeners. So I think what people would really love to know is how you got here, Mm -hmm. how you got to this place, where you went to school, what you studied, how you become involved in a company like TED. And because I think it means that brand and that name means a lot to a lot of people. Yeah, definitely. Um, It's a very trusted brand, which is totally. so I'll why don't we, school. let's start with school. Let's start with where you went to school, what you studied. And also I think it would be interesting to touch on your school because it's a good school and a lot of people I'm sure have major goals of going there. So it would be cool to touch on that as well. Like your experience there maybe. Yeah. So I went to UPenn in Philadelphia and I studied English, but I kind of had a crazy path to deciding what I wanted to study. I was definitely in college very consumed by what am I going to do with my life? Like, what am I passionate about? What am I interested in? Now that I'm out of college and have been working for a couple years, I really feel like it was so useless to get so worked up about what specifically I was going to do Mm. when really, I don't think it totally matters. I think what matters in college is learning how to think critically expanding your mind, being exposed to different people, being exposed to different subjects. Totally. And less like, oh, well, I got a degree in communication, so now I'm going to work in communications, communications and everything that I learned in school is like completely relevant to my job. I feel yeah. like not a lot of people, what they learn in school doesn't really yeah translate to their job I think a ton of our listeners will be so thrilled to hear that and honestly have so much relief to hear that because so many people message me like what do I do if I don't know what I want to study if I don't know what I want to do and I'm one of the rare people who like I've always known what I wanted to do I've always known that I wanted to work in video and in tv and in entertainment and like those are the steps that I took to get to where I am now but like 
majority of people don't know what they want. And I think it's really refreshing and super um, relieving to hear someone directly say that to you guys that like, sometimes it doesn't matter. Like college can be a learning experience and a growing experience for just who you are. And it doesn't have to be like this step by step formula, like meticulous plan to get to like part A to part B. No. And I would argue actually that it hurts you rather than helps you if you're too focused on some sort of formulaic journey that will get you from point A to point B. Like if I do this, um, if I major in this, I'll get this job. And I don't think that's the best way to live. I think what's been helpful for me is doing a wide variety of things and saying, which my mom has also really tried to tell me when I was in college, which now I really value that she said this to me was, it's just as important to learn what you don't like. Totally. Than to like, learn what you do like 100% like you could have such an idea of something you're that you're like this is my dream job I want this and like what if you try it and you're like wait I do not want this right and and then some people get very like oh well and I've been there I've been in the place where I started doing an internship or even studying something in school or gone to my first job and realized like, oh, I really don't like this aspect of this or I really don't like this industry. Oh no, like now I have no idea what I'm going to do with my life. Mm -hmm. If you can reframe and say to yourself, oh, okay, I don't like this. So this is really good to know. This will now help me. Yeah, noted. Um, What do I like about this job or industry? Yeah. What what other industries are out there that include the things I do like about it? Right. Or what other jobs are there that won't have the stuff I really don't like? Mm -hmm. Um, It's all kind of just figuring it out as you go along. I think, like, the first years that you're in the workforce are very trial and error. And, like, that could include internships. It cannot include internships. And I think that every job you have, it's like dating. Like, every job you have, every date that you go on, it's all about learning, like, what you like and what you don't like. Totally. And I think that the more the more that you just put yourself out there and do, the better you, you can't lose. Like, yeah. you're out there and you're learning. And as long as you keep an open mind and kind of reflect on your experience and how you can make it better or... You kind of, like, have to find the silver lining in every situation. Like, there's always a learning lesson, and it's important to see that even if you don't like something about a job, like, there's got to be something that you did enjoy that you can take away for your next experience. For sure. And maybe in the moment, you don't realize that it's a learning experience because you're like, this is horrible, or this sucks, or this is, this person is so mean, or this is a toxic work environment. Mm -hmm. But I promise you, once you leave that situation and you start... at your next job or you experiencing experience something new in your life you're like wait actually like that that bad experience really helped me totally so when you got your first internship what was it let's start there and also like what was that a reflection of like what you thought you wanted to do what I did which I'm I'm happy that I did it I don't think everyone has to do this but when I was a junior in college I decided because of my class schedule I didn't have class two days a week so I decided to try and intern in Philadelphia at an ad agency and I'm really happy that I did because I was like I will never work in advertising (laughs) and even though it was 
not the most fun experience, it helped me cross that off my list. Right. Um, my first like real summer internship in college was at um, Animal Planet. Okay, cool. At Discovery. Wow, where I work now. Yeah. Full um, circle. Yeah. And that was a really good learning experience because I think I thought that I was interested in TV because I I like stories. I like mm-hmm. I like making someone feel something through a certain medium, whether that's writing or TV or a podcast. I right. don't know. I like I like when I can create a story and get people to feel something. Yeah. So it's like, oh, TV. That's that. That's TV. Um, and the internship program, highly recommend that program because they really care about exposing you to top execs in the company and they'll speak to you about their career journeys. So even if I ended up not wanting to be in TV and I, I didn't really enjoy being in like that kind of corporate environment, I learned a lot just being around people at the top of their field who had done lots of different things in their career and ended up where they Totally. I think every story, no matter if it's something that a job that you're interested in or a job that you're not interested in is relevant. Like when I was in college, my capstone for my major was I was living in LA at the time for the semester. And, um, every week we would go to like a different company mm-hmm. and we would have a talk with like the CEO or like someone who was an executive at that company. So we went to like Netflix, CAA, whatever. Cause it was an entertainment yeah. major. But, um, there were so many jobs that we went to that I was like, I have no interest in this. Like right. not even like, it wasn't even people like, oh, this is the CEO of Netflix. It wasn't. It was like, this is the president of ad sales at Netflix. And I'd be like, I have zero effing interest in ad sales. But just hearing how someone made it and like hearing how someone changed their path or maybe how, you know, they use their connections or they use their passions to get to where they are is interesting, like no matter what. So I totally relate to that. And I think when you hear a lot of very successful people or top people at companies, you start to see a pattern of there wasn't one straight shot to where they got to. A lot of them, you'll even hear like, oh, I went to law school. And then after law school, I was like, oh, I don't want to do law. I want to do entertainment, which is seemingly extraordinarily different. But a lot of them had nonlinear paths and Mm -hmm. it's nice to hear that and feel like okay these really successful people didn't know exactly what they wanted to do and there wasn't one way to do it so it's okay that I'm if my path is that I'm a a little confused so how did you get those internships because a lot of people like that's something that a lot of people of of our listeners love to learn about how do I get this internship like what should I put on my resume and of course, Discovery is a huge brand. Um, yeah. When I interned at Food Network, it wasn't Discovery, it was Scripps. So I don't mm-hmm. really know how the ends of getting a Discovery internship is or like what that would entail. Also, like I was hired by Scripps, not Discovery, and then Discovery bought Scripps. Right. So I'm kind of unfamiliar with like actually like the Discovery like situation and how that all played out. Yeah. And that is a huge company. And I know a lot of people probably would love to have an internship at a company like that. So, like, what tools did you use to get those internships? What's kind of, like, your path to getting those jobs? Yeah, so I would say, one, I was lucky to go to Penn because it's a place where there's a lot of, a lot of people are really, um, they're strivers and they 
are actively trying to find their career path. And I knew someone who had done, who was a year above me, and she had done the Discovery internship the summer before. And she was talking about it, and I was like, oh, that sounds really interesting. Can I ask you more? And she really, like, connected me to someone she worked with there that past summer and kind of helped me through my application process. And I think that it's really connecting with people. Totally. And just, like, bringing it up to people. I also think when you're like, oh, I'm, ugh, I'm stressed because I don't know what I'm doing this summer. What did you do last summer? I think it's just a great way to, you're not, you're not, like, using people. It's all about mutual, making connections, learning from each other. We all got to help each other out. Yeah. So, it's super interesting because really every person that I ask this question always has a connection when it comes to internships. And I think, and I've said this before, that I think that having a connection gets like a really bad reputation in the job searching world because you're like oh that girl just got a had a connection like she didn't really work for this but like having connections and working your network is like an integral part of being successful and everything and like having the ability to make connections with people and quote-unquote network naturally is so important and I just think from like really every single guest that we've had on this podcast minus like a lucky few who sent their resume into a black hole and like got the job it's having connections it's making those connections and it's being like a normal person the best connections that I've made are just because I started talking to someone and was interested in them and we connected as people we liked each other's personalities or they saw something in me that they appreciated or I was really fascinated with how they went about their career or living their life. And that's always just being authentically you and talking about things you like and asking good questions, I think, is enough to make a connection. You don't have to be like, I hello, person who works at this company, like, how did you get there? Can you help me? Because then that person doesn't want to help you. It's also, like, not every connection you make has to have an end goal. Like, you don't have to be like, oh, if I'm friends with this person, they're going to get me here, here, and here. It's like, wait, this person is cool. I like them. Their job seems interesting. Maybe one day down the line, not even thinking about this actively, but, like, maybe somewhere down the line that person could help you. But I think you should really go into, like, every situation, like, genuinely interested in what that person does. And it sounds like that's what you did with the Discovery internship. For sure. And people love to talk, not even in a narcissistic way, but people love to talk about themselves. And I think if you show active interest in someone and ask them really thoughtful questions that show that you're listening to them and care about what they've done, I find that the majority of people are happy to talk to you, help you. Totally. That kind of thing. Yeah. So you got the internship. What, what did that internship entail? And what was like the, what intern, what, what was the title of that internship? Like what? Production and development intern. So I worked very closely for TV. Cool. So I worked closely with the people who were figuring out what shows they should green light to go on Animal Planet, which was cool. Yeah, that's super cool. And also a little bit, it's interesting because I never thought I'd do it again, but when I was there, I also worked with the programming person, Mm -hmm. so they would say, okay, Friday, um, 
we have all these shows about sharks. So maybe we should spread out our shark content and put it at this time on this week when people are more open to more shark content. Programming is like such an interesting part of TV and entertainment. Like obviously that's something that I had to learn about when I was in school as well because it's part of the entertainment world. But like programming is so interesting to me because not only does it include like audience and like what the audience wants but it has to do with ad sales and it has to do with sure when your advertisers want to put their ads up and like what time slots all what other people in your company are doing what these time slots mean and everything like that so programming super interesting you're making me think how that internship which I haven't thought about in a while relates to what I'm doing now which is when I was at Animal Planet I watched the people there try and figure out is this a show that our viewers would be interested in what what content are people in our audience interested yeah. in and um when should we give it to people based right. on what's happening in the world and yep. um timing it's all, all it all comes back together like whether you're in digital or you're in tv or whether you're making content that's about this or that like the kind of principles of sharing things and mm-hmm. like making something that's gonna capture someone's attention are kind of like all within the same world which is super interesting for sure um okay so you had that internship sounds like it was a good experience yeah um the interns that I've worked with at Discovery because I'm currently employed there now seem to have really enjoyed their time as interns with Discovery as well they're always going to like internship events and brunches exactly and, and talks and things so it seems like a really good experience then you graduated and like what did that journey look like for you getting a job during graduation or after graduation? So I would say senior year, I was very, there was a lot of angst because even though I was happy I did the Discovery Internship Program, it was not what I realized I don't want to be in TV. I don't want to work at a large corporation. And so I was like, well, what do I do? If I don't want to do that, I I don't know what I want to do. And all around me, there were, so many people who had already gotten jobs, a lot of mm-hmm. them, um, which I don't blame them. Like it's, everyone has to start somewhere. A lot of them at banks or consulting or other large corporations. And when I would hear about them getting those jobs, I felt some sort of dread. I was like, that's oh, not what I want to so do. Sounds so boring. Right. That sounds awful. I don't want to sit in a building in Midtown Manhattan and be a part of this, like, a cog in this Mm -hmm. large corporate machine. Well, you're, like, inherently, like, a very creative person, and, like, those are not off the top of my head, and, um, I guess, stereotypically the most creative jobs. Yeah, and also there was a lot of people either, like, oh, I think I'm gonna go to law school, and I was really stressed out. I really felt like everyone either already had their job lined up uh, or people were freaking out about not knowing what to do. And I kind of, I really wish if I could go back in time, I would have been less crazy about it Mm -hmm. and I would have tried to enjoy my last year of being a student. Yeah. Um, And I think something that's good to do your senior year, which I would recommend, is talk to as many people as possible, preferably... It's easier to talk to alumni just because... Right, like there's a way to get in touch with them. Exactly. 
really use your college network. If your college has a network, people, it's tribal. People love people who were in their group. Right. So someone who went to your school is more likely to help you. Yeah. And as long as you're very polite and interested in what they do and go about it in the right way, I think a lot of people are happy to help. And also not searching for something. Like, it's just... Like, you can't be like, I'm going to have coffee with this person, and like, then they're going to give me a job afterwards. Like, you just yeah, have to genuinely, like, go to be like, I just want to learn about this person, or else yes. it's never going to work. Yeah, you have to have that mindset. Yeah. Because you don't want it to be transactional, and also, if you're thinking about what you can get from that person, you're not taking in and absorbing what they're saying to you. Right. Totally. Um. Anyway, so... I actually decided at some point during that year, because I was so turned off by what seemed to be this kind of herd of people just going straight to Manhattan, uh, that I wanted to live abroad. I wanted to experience something very, very different than anything I'd done before. Mm -hmm. And one of my best friends was doing an internship program in Tel Aviv, Israel. And she was talking about it a lot, and it just sounded amazing to me. And I was like, you know what? Life is short. I'm really young. Why don't I at least try it? And Um, so I moved to Tel Aviv after I graduated and it was literally the best decision I could have ever made. I think for so many reasons, one, leaving America and I think a lot of people studied abroad, which Mm -hmm. is great. Definitely good experience, but it's different to work abroad. Totally. And to live Because you feel like you're a part of something. Right. You're like trying to be a part of the society. Um... I think leaving America and gaining a different cultural perspective and just a perspective of, oh, there are people who live their lives very differently than the people I'm used to in my home country is so valuable. I honestly would tell anyone if they're thinking about it to go abroad after they graduate and do some sort of experience in a different culture because it pushes you mentally and professionally. It just... Is very formative. And I think a lot of people will have this, like, fear. Like, oh my god, what am I going to say, though, when I go into job interviews after that year and they ask me what I did in between graduation and now? And I think a lot of people have this, like, weird um, mindset about, like, not that this was a gap year because you were in an internship and, like, learning and doing new things, but, like, about gap years or, like, taking a year off or doing something different in between graduation and job searching – But honestly, I think that people who are hiring and people who are, like, looking for awesome, intelligent, Mm -hmm. interesting people to work with would find that incredible. For sure. And would find, like, and would find so much respect in that and be like, that's so great that you did that. Like, I don't think that there has to be this weird vibe around that sort of uh, a year. Like, no, and I... It's incredible. I would argue the opposite, that... It gives me, or it gave me a huge leg up. So people were really, really interested in the fact that I lived and worked in Tel Aviv. Um, And I think it just, it helps you stand out. Yeah. It's like people don't want to hire people that are cookie cutter, do exactly everything the way that they're told. Like, they want people who are going to change the company or, like, help them come up with creative ideas, new, new things. And someone who's experienced life is more, is... It just me might just be a little bit more exciting to hire. Right. And also I think a lot we hear a lot about diversity and inclusion and I think 
what's also interesting to people is diversity of thought. Mm -hmm. So if you are likely to have a different viewpoint or seem like someone who might be maybe thinks differently or goes against the status quo, I think that's interesting to totally. people. Totally. Totally. Okay, so you did Israel. So you were I, interning in Israel. So I started out interning there and I interned at a venture capital fund, which was also not what I expected ever in my life. I was afraid of finance and business and all of that. I was an English major. Like I loved writing and reading and being a humanities person. Mm-hmm. But I ended up through a family friend in who lived in Israel connecting me to this woman who was the head of business development at this uh, venture capital fund. And it was really interesting because it challenged my preconceived notions about that industry because a lot of what she did was make connections. Yeah. So she would try and connect Fortune 500 companies to the companies that the fund invested in. Got it. That's so interesting. Like, I would personally, I would have never have thought that that would have been a part of working at a company like that. No, I, I had no idea. Yeah. And it was so fascinating. I mean, I wasn't interested in tech and I wasn't interested in investing, but it was more than that. It was relationship building. It yeah. was how can I connect the dots to um, create a mutually beneficial relationship between the people that we invest in and big companies that could use the help of that. Right. The company we invest in. So you interned there. I interned there. And then did you get hired full time there? So I actually decided to apply for a job at this company called Wix.com. Okay. Oh my gosh, I've heard of Wix. Yes. Website builder, right? Exactly. Okay. They have a lot of podcast ads. What if I went into a, a podcast <laughs> ad on Wix? No, my only podcast ads are for Spotify and Anchor, the, the, <laughs> the app I use to distribute the podcast, which like, honestly, this feels like a good time for to break for one of those. There you go. So let, let's play it. <laughs> it played. It's over. Okay. So I... Interviewed for a job at Wix.com as a marketing and UX writer, which What's I UX? also... So UX is user experience. Okay. So Wix is... And this was in Israel still? Yeah, in Tel Aviv. Okay. So I did the internship for like five months, and then I decided I wanted to stay in Israel a longer period of time for a longer period, and heard amazing things about Wix, and that it was this big, interesting company headquartered in Tel Aviv, and they were looking for writers. Okay. And I was like, oh, I can write. I did it all through college. Yeah, like, an English I, major. Yeah, I like to write. But what I didn't, what I knew nothing about was product. So it was a digital product. It's building a website online. Mm-hmm. And I didn't even know what user experience meant before I started. And when I got there, I was actually, I got hired for the job. And I was kind of thrown into working with product managers and user experience designers. And I was like, oh, no, this is this is so technical. Yeah. Like one of my I kind of had a freak out. And I cannot tell you how grateful I am that I had that experience. I I mean, this so much. It sounds just from listening to that brief explanation. It sounds so useful. Like, it sounds sure. like nothing I've ever experienced before. And, like, maybe one day I hopefully will. But, like, it sounds it sounds extremely useful information to know. Yeah. And what was the most useful about it, I think, is 
it taught me a way of thinking, which I didn't have before. So the whole point of user experience writing is how can I guide a user through a product in a way that's seamless and makes them feel that's a pleasant experience that gets gets them to the goal, gets them to the to do something that they're trying to do. So say, for instance, making a website. How can we make it the, mo- the best experience possible by using the right language and saying it, using the right tone, and basically just making the user experience good? Yeah. And I feel like that applies to so much of life. I mean, it can apply to really anything. Like, yeah. it, it's, it's a super universal skill to have. Okay, so you're at Wix. Yes. And then what happened? What was the next, what was the next jump? Okay, so that was an amazing experience. Also working with people who weren't American was really fascinating experience. Um, I was in Israel for two years and I decided that I missed my family (laughs) a lot and Israel's really far. (laughs) Really far. Really far. So I moved back to the States and I didn't have a job. I quit my job in Israel and moved back to the States and I was kind of freaking out like, oh no, I don't have a job. Most people say to you, you shouldn't quit your job until you have another job. But like, it's different when you're moving like halfway across the world. Yeah. I still think you should have another job (laughs) before you quit your job normally. So, um, to make a long story short, I really explored a lot of different companies I knew I didn't want to be in a corporate environment because Wix was more startup-y and right. um, casual and more freedom like and autonomy. Yeah, just like a more like everyone wore casual and dress and nature. Like yeah. people wore jeans, people brought their dogs in. Yeah. It was a it's a it's free... a welcoming like nice environment to be in. Like being yes. in too corporate of an office can, for some people can feel like super suffocating. Right, and that's how, so I knew that I wanted that when I came back. So I was interviewing at a bunch of different uh, tech companies in generally like marketing roles. I ended up, the way I got the job at TED is also connection networking. We love a connection. Yeah. So Penn has this um, networking site called QuakerNet and I just really spent all my days on QuakerNet. I spoke to so many Penn grads, I cannot even tell you. Like, I probably sent 60 emails over the course of two months to Penn grads in every, at New York Magazine, at um, this company Care Of, just Mm -hmm. tons of different companies. I just wanted to talk to them and ask them how they got to where they got and just have conversations yeah. with them and through a friend someone was like oh you should look at Ted I feel like that would be interesting yeah. for you I actually didn't even know that Ted had an office or like people that worked there <laughs> yeah. um and I looked on QuakerNet and saw this girl who was like three or four years older than me I didn't know her I emailed her just like Penelum interested in Ted and had a phone call with her and again connected with her. I wasn't like, can you help me get a job at TED? I was like, I want to hear about what your experience has been like, because I want to learn from you. And you got to the place that I hopefully want to get to, but I want to hear like how you, how how you did it. 
And she flagged my resume to the person who was hiring for my role. And the person literally said to me, this girl, Laura, flagged your resume. And I looked at it and it was interesting. Why don't you come in for an interview? So I was in this pile of hundreds of resumes. And if I hadn't actively tried to reach out to someone. So you applied for the job. And then you had a call with her. Yeah. Yeah, that's the key. Yeah. That's the key. I cannot, it's so annoying. A lot of people from my college, I'm sure you're the same way, maybe, or like from my sorority, Mm -hmm. message me, DM me, email me like, hey Jordan, like super interested in an internship at Food Network. Are you guys hiring? I'm like, yeah. It's a huge corporation. Of course we're hiring. Right. Look like online. Like, check the job board. Like, I right. don't know what else to tell you. It's so much more impressive when someone's like, hey, saw this job. Mm-hmm. I'm super interested in it. I've already applied, but I'd love to talk to you just about your experience at the company, whether you like it or not, like, whether you enjoyed your internship there, yeah. so on and so forth, then being like, so, are there any internships available? Like, it's actually one of my pet peeves. Yeah. I think that 100% agreed. I think that there's also, maybe you don't see a job posted that you're interested in. Totally. You can reach out and just say, don't say, are there any jobs available? Right. Say, what do you do? Yeah. What do your but friends do? It's just, it's the second part of the email minus that I've already applied for the job. It's right. just like, I'm still just interested in learning what you do. Like, I think I could be interested in a job at TED. What's what's the culture of the office like? Like, what yeah. what's it like there? do you like it? Do you enjoy it? Do you like the people you work with? Like, those are questions that, like, people can actually help you with. Right, exactly. Um, Yeah, so... And now you're here. Now I'm here. Let me just ask you one question about TED before we wrap up. Like, what's your favorite TED Talk? Oh, my God, that's a great question. And one thing I will say is if you are applying for a job somewhere, especially if you're applying for a job at TED, Know the answer to the question, what's your favorite TED Talk and why? I'm sure. You have to know the content. I cannot even tell you how many times people have reached out but actually have not watched a lot of talks or researched anything about the company. That is so key. You need to show people that you have researched. That you're passionate. Yes. Yeah. Why would I want to hire someone who doesn't know jack shit about what I do? Yeah. Or about the company in general. Like... Just it's great advice. Do your research. Yeah. Um, my favorite TED Talk, I know it's one of the most popular of all time, but it's my absolute favorite, is by this woman, Brene Brown. She's a researcher on vulnerability and shame. Um, she has a Netflix special. She really blew up after her TED Talk, and it was a TEDx talk. She made me rethink the way that I live my life and relate to people and how being vulnerable and letting your guard down is so key to healthy relationships and a good outlook on life. I'm going to watch it. Highly recommend. I feel like I've definitely, I feel like I've probably seen it since it's so big. I feel like I've seen a lot of the big ones, but it's been years since I've watched it probably. So I'm going to give it a watch. It's, it really is life changing and I don't want to speak in hyperbole, but she, I think has changed so many people's lives. I'm sure. I mean, If she's blown up so much, she must. She must have touched a lot of people to be able to make a TEDx talk something so huge. Yeah. Well, Sammy. Jordan. Thank you so much for being here. I really appreciate it. Jordan, you're the cutest person. (laughs) And it was truly an honor. And I really love you. No, you're the cutest person. And I love you so much. Also, like, my first family member to be on the pod. 
Maya's gonna be jealous. So Maya is our mutual cousin. I call Sammy my cousin because we just like grown up together, but yeah. technically she is my cousin's other cousin. Yeah. And I'm her cousin's <laughs> other cousin, like on the opposite side of the family. Yeah. But we have a close, tight knit fam. So sure. I'm thinking about Mean Girls. You have your first cousins, but we're not even second cousins. That's not technically what a second cousin is. But our bond is greater than that. Our bond is yes. Our bond is definitely second cousin status, if not first, <laughs> if not first, first cousin status for sure. Well, I love you so much, and thank you so much for being here. Thank you for having. I me. hope you guys enjoyed this episode. So, if you guys have any additional questions for Sammy or want to talk to her about anything she discussed today on the podcast, feel free to DM me at Jordan Rebecca or at Bitch Work Podcast, and I'll try my best to relay your questions to her or if you're really feeling adventurous check her out on LinkedIn maybe like be brave and send her a mail message on LinkedIn whatever they call their messaging in mail send her an in mail whatever whatever they call say something funny yeah say something funny that'll catch your attention (laughs) and I hope you all enjoyed it don't forget to follow and to also review the podcast in the Apple podcast store because because I love reading your reviews and also yeah I think that's it I think that's all the stuff I need you to do Thank you guys so much for listening, and I'll talk to you next week. Bye.